Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Oh, the good news is that Robbie Yopes, one of the highlights of my week, is here. Aw, thanks, Angie. You're a highlight for me, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, it is um, so cool. I have to say, first of all, I hope people enjoy you as much as I do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you, you really make me feel so good, and you enjoy me a lot. But I do, I too hope people enjoy me. <laughs> yes, I hope others truly appreciate you as much as I do. Because I have to say, first of all, people may have noticed that I have some regulars like yourself. You know, you're an author and a speaker. Mm-hmm. And I have you go out and look for good news for me. Yes. And I can have you come in once a week. And there are a couple of different reasons. First of all, I can always, we're similar minded. Uh, we're Christian moms. We, uh, we're, we're both extremely funny. Extremely. Um, extremely. And <laughs> we're on, like on the same page. Let's just, you know, in life. I agree. I completely agree with you. Being on the same page with yes. you, I agree with you. Yeah. And so, oh, that's good to know. And so I, I have a lot of new guests who come on and give me, you know, authors and speakers and mm-hmm. people who, uh, you know, have uh, written interesting books that I might want to talk to them about or articles. But then I have my regulars like you that I can always count on and I never have to be uneasy it's like when you go to a party you know Mm -hmm. and you're all alone and you have to meet all new people it's a little bit stressful but then when I intermingle you in there you're like the safe place oh thanks you know it's like you don't have to ask me why did you come to who do you know at the party what do you do who are oh tell me about yourself none of that small talk no there's never an agenda you're just here to help me with the show I'm just here to be here for you because I really have a good time when I come into the studio and sit with you because you're always so positive and fun well yeah of course you're not perfect (laughs) but even when I don't feel very good Mm. if I come in here a cheerful heart is good medicine yes I always leave feeling better yeah what's a bad bone give you brittle bones or something what is it something like yeah bad but a cheerful heart is good medicine, and a bad attitude crumbles your bones or something. I, I know I don't have the scripture perfectly uh, right. Wow. Will you look it up? I am going to look it up. I love it. I've never heard of brittle bones. <laughs> I'm thinking of osteoporosis. I'm not sure. I might have to do with a supplement I should be taking. I don't know. Um, but, yes, yeah, I have to be honest with you. Some days I've considered calling in sick, and when I see you on the list, I don't. And I don't really call in sick. I know you are you have the best work ethic of anyone I have ever met. I try. Period. I try. You work hard and you work hard and you work hard. And I admire it. I wish I was more like you in that way. Well, in many ways. Well, do you, but that do you, way. Do you um here's the other thing too that I think is interesting. Okay, let's let's just be honest. As we before we start with good news, let's just like bear our souls because last night I was <laughs> uh, my, my husband has a startup, so right now I'm supporting the family. Mm-hmm. And I have been for about a year and a half, two years, and it's a lot of pressure on me. So I have a couple of jobs. Last year I had five sources of income. So That's I was a speaker and a radio show and another radio show, and then I did part time at another radio station, and so I would juggle five different, you know, jobs per Yeesh. se. Right. Yeah. So this year I have two a, a national show and, and and the good news, which I created, which I have a lot of, you know, heart invested in this show. Absolutely. It's and a great so show. We're walking with my husband last night and he's like, So how's it going with selling the good news? I said, Well, you know, I'm real busy. I really work on content and trying to have an interesting show for people and I put a lot of effort into the show thinking if you build it, they will come. Like, you know I, I the, love it. Yeah. Fill the dreams. Yeah, yeah. Like if the show is good enough, people will want to listen rather sure. than me just trying to sell it. And so granted, I haven't gotten any new clients lately and I haven't been actively selling and that's how you make your money right so he's like well I've got a plan and you know and you can hire a salesperson and you can train them how to sell and then you could make appointments and I'm I said well you know I'm actually putting on six hours of radio a day and there's a lot if you if you're on the air six hours a day which I am um, that we prepare six hours a day two recorded and four live 
With that said, there's a lot of prep work. Most people don't do six hours. They do two hours, three hours, an hour. So if you're on that many hours, there's tons of prep. I, I do would approximately think. 600 interview segments um, a month. I, I mean, and they're I not all—they're not all new people. But with that 600 segments, because each hour I usually have a five, five to four, twenty-five. Uh, so it's maybe between 125 and 150 segments, interview segments a week. It's okay? unbelievable. What you and did. so that's a lot of booking. It's a lot of talking to my producers, coming with ideas reading good news, finding things to talk about. So there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work. Mm -hmm. So I said to my husband, I said, well, you know, I know you've got your startup, but if you want to sell more, if you want to add something to your plate, you know, then you could help support us, right? <laughs> and and then and it just deep in my heart, deep, 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 way down there, and I felt this little envy for my friends that don't have to work. And mm. and he'll always say, but you won't quit. He's right. I won't. But there's something to be said for not having the pressure yes. of supporting a family. Absolutely. And so, um, I so as he's telling me how I can put more on my plate. I'm realizing he's stressed out and he gets controlling when he gets stressed out. So he's telling me how to put more on my plate, how to earn more money, how to grow the good news, how to make it bigger. Mm -hmm. And he's right, but I can't handle anymore. Right. And so last night we had a birthday party for, for Faith, my daughter. Uh, he wasn't there because he has a startup, right? right? So I'm wrapping the presents. My mom and I are making the cake. We're decorating the cake. I've ordered all the things on the internet because I don't have time to shop. Um, and then I have two basketball practices. And in a half an hour in between the practices, I have to fit in the party and dinner, which he is not coming to. And so my bitterness was growing, right? Mm -hmm. So then we sure. get to basketball practice and we go for a walk and he tells me how I can work more and earn more money <laughs> and how I can oh. do more. And Jorge's laughing because it didn't bad, go over well. Yeah, bad timing. I was silent. Mm -hmm. I was silent. So then this morning he's like, why, you know, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm really like, I'm at my wit's end. And then, um, and I said, I can barely handle what I have on my plate, let alone more. And I know he wasn't meaning to say, earn more, do more, support the family with right, more, get another trying to job. Help. Yeah, he thought he was trying to help. But mm -hmm. I'm like, if you don't want something else added on your plate, why would I want it added on mine? So then I thought, okay, this is where those marriage problems can start, where if I let it fester, yes. then I can become bitter Absolutely. and I can let it grow. Because I know he's a good person. I know that's not what he meant to mm -hmm. say, why don't you earn more and do more and work more and get, you know, a seventh job. Right. I don't think that's what he meant. But that's exactly how I took it. And then that little teeny bit of envy of my friends that don't have the pressure to work and to support their families. So I was honest with him. I said, I'm a little teeny bit envious. And I don't think it really made him feel better. Because mm -hmm. as a husband, when your wife says, I, 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 right. I, I envy I, my friends that don't have to support exactly. their families. Uh -huh. So with that said, um, yeah, I don't know. Where do I go from here? Well, have you forgiven him? Have you let it go? You know that I'm, that, I'm, I'm halfway let it go. Well, that song, let it go, like, frozen. Let it go, that's I think that's a one You're not a singer. Let's just go. Robbie Yope's not a singer. Not a singer. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes. But um, I think that song is wonderful for every marriage. Yeah. Because there are so many things, and so many times we say something to our beloved, to our best friends that we shouldn't say, just because we can say whatever we want. <laughs> Because we're they're married, right? To us. And that's it's hard for them to escape us. Like exactly. they're kind of trapped with us because they love us. Oh, completely. And it, so it's it's important for us to be considerate. But when things are said like that, that you know, just kind of get on my nerves, annoy me, um, <laughs> then it's very important for us to a talk about it and b let it go. Well, I did put um, in my in my text. I said, um, and he said, "Well, I wasn't really necessarily trying. I can't, I can't do any more work." He said than what I'm doing with the startup. He said, "But," and I said, "Well, my plate's full too." And I guess my plate's so full, I was hoping for a pat on the back. Mm. As, yeah, I was See, hoping that's for honest. yeah, I was hoping for a pat on the back rather than could do you more. do more? Right. Yeah, could you do take on another job? I'm like, how many jobs can I do? I feel like you know there used to be a sketch on like in Living Color, and there was a family that uh, had uh, come to the United States. And they they were jokingly known as really hard workers, and they had like seventeen jobs, and that was the joke that <laughs> like you know they oh, yeah. they would leave from one job and they'd go straight to the other, and then right. they sleep in the break room for twenty minutes. And I feel like that lady, you know, and I feel like why can't why can't um, I ever have a break? Oh no, you're gonna fall apart in the studio. <laughs> you know what though, Ooh. Angie, you do so much. And you do so much from your heart. You have to look at yourself and go, okay, 
I have to find some me time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's to. why I guess I, I I put my stake in the ground saying, okay, I have enough jobs, you know. And I actually even quit one part time job because I was like, no, nah, I don't need this many jobs. There you go. And my kids really, that's my number one job right now. I want to, ra- you know, raise nice children. As it should be. Or shall we get to the good news? I don't think this is necessarily. I need it to bear my good soul. Good news. Do, do you want to bear your soul too? Yeah, I thought you you said oh, we were going to oh. bear our soul, and then well, you want to bear you yours. Let's bear my soul. Is that oh. what you mean? No, Wait, I. Well, it's my I just, show. I thought just I would bear mine. <laughs> I have a soul too. It's just a little thing. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday, and I'm not even going to tell you what it was, but yesterday I asked my husband to get me something at the store. Right. Oh, and that's he dangerous. Knows, he knows what I like in this product and what I don't. Okay. And he came home, and sure enough, it was the wrong thing. Oh, that's I a had deal. a choice at that moment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to right, make right, a right. huge deal. Or let it go. Tiny deal, yeah. And I let it go. Did you? But I, it's still there because I told you. Right. But I've got I've got uh, to let it go. You haven't let it totally go. No. All right. Have you seen, this is my good news that's not quite as good as it could be. Have you seen on uh, Jimmy Kimmel when they have stars read tw- treats, like, tweets and they'll have like Katy Perry say mean like. tweets. Yeah, mean tweets. Uh-huh. I, yeah, Katy Perry, I wish they'd drop her off the side of the face of the earth. And then Katy will read it. And it like. When the stars read the tweets that are mean about them, like George Clooney, what's wrong with his hair? And he reads it himself, like it's kind of amusing. Like it's funny. Because then you're like, wow, these guys, you know, really do see these horrible tweets about themselves. And they're so ridiculous and cruel and mean that they're almost comical. And they can laugh all the way to the bank. Right, exactly. Thank you. They're famous and beloved. So, yeah, a couple people don't like them. Oh, but well. then there's um, there's a campaign about bullying, mm. and it's a PSA uh, for the Canadian Safe School Network, and it ends with bullying is no joke, and basically it's kids reading me- mean tweets. So we'll take a listen to it, and so I think it puts it into a lot more perspective that these aren't really funny, that the Internet, they call them what, the Internet trolls, that yes. I really think we need to be aware if we're walking as Christians that we just because we're hiding behind a computer doesn't mean that we're allowed to join in on this bullying that happens every day on the Internet. Right. And uh, I think people think it's fun, you know, to pick mm-hmm. on people when they're anonymous or semi-anonymous. And so th- this is a, a PSA, kids reading mean tweets about them themselves and it starts off kind of funny and then it becomes really real because the sad thing is these kids do get tweets like this that are real critical and bullying. Oh. Take a listen. Ouch. Hey Tiffany, which corner store, nail salon, or dry cleaner do your parents own? Alan's voice is so annoying it makes me wish I was deaf. Holly has a face that only diabetes could love. Is it racist if I don't like black people because of how much I hate Sierra? You're a huge loser. Ethan, are your parents brother and sister because your face looks retarded? No one likes you. Do everyone a favor. Just kill yourself. Wow. Ouch. That's horrible. That is horrible. But we know that this is happening. Yes. And the kids have a hard time escaping it because they go home to their rooms and they used to be able to get away from bullying. And now it follows them right into their bedrooms on the smartphone. Remember the girl that jumped from the um, factory? It was like a cement factory or something of a sort maybe a year ago. And she'd basically been told via these different apps, et cetera, uh, by people to, to kill herself. Yeah. And they got some kind of Ugh. charge, some fun out of telling a teenage girl to kill herself. So she did. And her mom had removed social media and computers, et cetera. But on her phone, there were some apps like Ask FM and a couple of the others that are a little trendier now. And there's Instagram and some of the others that the you know older people aren't using. You know, the parents seem to use Facebook and Twitter more, although mm-hmm. we're starting to get a little more Instagram savvy. But some some of them, um, Snapchat can be something that disappears real quickly and that you send a picture of it's inappropriate and then it allegedly disappears, but Instagram. they can get a screen grab of that. Um, and so it doesn't really disappear. And so this troubles me. You've got a teenager. My kids don't have all this stuff yet. Although my, my girlfriend's 11-year-old daughter has a cell phone already and some of my third grade son's friends have cell phones and he's asking when he's going to get his and I'm like, when you get a job? <laughs> um, yeah, Noah wanted one forever because everybody else in his class had one. Everyone in the neighborhood had one, and he got one when he was uh, 13 last year. 
no, 14, 15, 15 last year. When he was a ninth grader, he got one. Um, so I look at this and I, it just, of course, breaks my heart. But I, I see my son and he's on Instagram, but everything he's on, hopefully, everything he's on, I can monitor. Same you thing know, with Jorge. We have a rule that I have to monitor. And so, or I can monitor anytime. I can take his phone anytime, read, tweet. I mean, he knows that he's under our roof. But like the other day, somebody said something to me on Facebook and it wasn't offensive. It was just like, come on. And I read it out loud. And my son said, you should um, d unfriend them, mom. Really? Because that's bullying online. Really? Yeah. And she wasn't really bullying. She was just disagreeing with me. Right. But it made me think, whoa, I wonder how much that Noah comes up against this. And I'm sure even if he doesn't, he sees it all the time. Yeah. Even if he's not a target, yeah. he sees it all the time. And I just can't imagine being a teenager and having constant negativity around you. Yeah. Constant because of electronics. It's just, it's sad and it's very in, and I thank God it's in, that bullying is wrong. We shouldn't bully. And there's a lot of campaigns. Does he ever bring it up to you about other friends getting picked on or, you know, anyone else? Or is he, you know, he's a teenage boy, so let's be honest, they don't talk a lot. No. When I ask, <laughs> when I ask Noah, um, Noah, have, have you, did, were you bullied at all? And he'd say, no, mom, I'm the bully. And he was, la he laughs, right? And I. And he just makes a joke of it. And I said, well, don't be a bully. I'm not. I'm just, I just hit him. So he's just, because he's 16, he's sarcastic. Right. Um, but no, he's always said, no, I'm not a bully and I don't bully. And I asked him, have you seen bullying? Eh. So I don't know if my son is in this pocket of, of protection at Cherry Creek High School or, or if he's oblivious, which I, you know, I can believe that, to be honest <laughs> with you. Or if he's keeping it to himself. I'm laughing because my husband and I went for a pizza and there were like six teenage boys there. And my husband walked out and he's like, can any of them speak in sentences? Because we were asking for something and they like grunted at each other and looked at each other. And he's like, you know, the it's like a buttery garlic sauce. And then they're like, oh. The bill, you know, <laughs> and then they go back and forth. And we laughed so hard when we walked out because they, the, 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 the five or six teenage boys had not really come up with a solution or a complete sense. And we were laughing. He's like, I wonder if I was like that, you know, where they just kind of grunt at each other and look at each other and laugh a little, you know. <laughs> and maybe they have like a secret thing where they all talk to each other when adults aren't around. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, teenage boys especially, they unite when there when they're no adults around. That's when they like you said, make their own language. So when adults do come around, they don't have a lot of practice in speaking well. <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh. Uh -oh. All right. So um, you, you know, I, I kind of send you out and tell you to look for good news when you're out there speaking, et cetera. You said you had some news and stories and such from the week because you kind of, you're like my good news correspondent. Oh, thank you. And this is Robbie reporting from Denver. I, first of all, let me tell you, Proverbs 22, 6. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. See, I told you something about you riddle bones. Right. You were right. I will never doubt you again. Well, at least not today. It wasn't an exact quote, but I was close. <laughs> um, I am going to tell you a little story because, you know, and this is about kids. There's a, a proverb um, in the Bible that says, um, raise up a child in the way you should go and he will return to it. Well, I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking about all the different standards that we have because we have, um, I think that depending on the parents and you see this everywhere, like you were in a, a basketball game a year ago in California and yeah, football, football. And those parents were like, um, I mean, the kids were horrible, and it's oh, because their language. The, yeah, because the parents don't have high standards. So I always think you, especially when your kids are little, you should start with high standards. Yes, because they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna fall, fall okay, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, Noah, when he was in kindergarten, um, he had a best friend named Hunter, and Hunter went to public school. Noah went to a little Christian kindergarten, and one day we got a. Uh, he came home and he was in tears, and I said, "What's wrong?" He said, "I got a yellow card." Oh. oh, no. What did you do? I roared. 
and he was in line <laughs> and the, the, he was in line and all the kids were being animals and the teacher said okay we're gonna be quiet now and he roared he roared yeah and then his little friend hunter same week got a yellow card for taking a dull pair of scissors and stabbing somebody <laughs> so you realize the stand yes yes stand Standards are a little different, so start high, parents. Start yeah, high. And start ho- uh, high. Drop later. Yeah, drop your, but start your standards as roaring, high as you can. Roaring is fine. Roaring is fine, right? I know my husband only got suspended once for throwing an orange peel out of the bus window, and I'm like, if that's as bad as it gets, exactly, that's not that big of a deal. Robbie Yopes, how do people find you? www.robbyyopes.com. I O B S T. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you. We'll be right back with the good news with Dr. Joe and Mudflap. Oh boy, look out. This is the place where love lives. 810 KLVZ. An evening of music and magic featuring national stage and TV magician comedian Mark Robinson and local favorite singer-actor Leonard E. Barrett Jr. are coming to Denver on April 2nd. Enjoy an evening of music and magic to benefit Bessie's Hope, a unique nonprofit organization that enhances the lives of nursing home elders, at-risk youth, and volunteers of all ages. Go to Bessie'sHope.org or call 303-830-9037 for more information. Do you need money for your school or maybe you need money for your organization? I have a great idea for you. It's called Buck a Bag. So you get all the parents, let's say, at your school to bring in clothing and shoes. And for every medium-sized bag, your school or organization gets a dollar. thousand bags of clothing and shoes, you get $1,000. And then all of those bags of goods go to ARC, and all of that money will then in turn help the disabled community. I have Miranda from ARC here. Uh, Tell us a little more, Miranda. Yes, it's a wonderful fundraiser. It's very popular among schools, sports organizations churches. It's a great way to earn money for your nonprofit organization. So Excellent. collect bags and boxes of donations. Give us a call. We'll come pick them up, count them, and then pay you accordingly, a dollar per bag or per box. It's a great way to raise money for your school or not-for-profit organization. Tell us how we do it. Give us your website and instructions, Miranda. You can find our contact information on arcthrift.org. Click on Mission, and then click on Raise Money for Your Cause, and you'll find my contact information there. Excellent. A buck a bag. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just, I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning, and I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. Hey, it's Angie. I have a wonderful event to tell you about. You can go with your friends. It's called the Mad Hatter's Ladies Lunch and Fundraiser. And here's the deal. It helps Life Choices. And we are very good friends with Life Choices here at The Good News. They help so many women who are facing a difficult decision about pregnancy. And they offer so much love and encouragement to these women. So here's the Mad Hatter's Luncheon information. They will help Life Choices. You can go with your friends, do a good deed, and have fun. Saturday, March 21st, 11 to 1.30. That's at the North Glen Christian Church. Church, and the guest speaker, you may recognize this name from Duck Dynasty. Corey Robertson is the mother of the speaker. The speaker is Chris Howard, and Chris herself knows a little bit about books. She's edited and co-written over 100 books, and she's authored nine books. And again, that's Chris Howard, mother of Duck Dynasty star Corey Robertson. And uh, she'll be speaking at the Mad Hatter's Ladies Lunch and Fundraiser to benefit Life Choices. You can go for more information to lifechoices.org. God's Love Lives, 810 KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. I have quite a combination here. You know, we had a lot of men in this week. We've got Steve Mudflat McGrew, comedian and radio host. Hello. Hello. 
I'm, I'm dancing to the music. I know you do enjoy our music. You know, I have another show where we actually have contemporary music, but Jorge insists on using the Bob Ross uh, painting Ooh, music. Beautiful. Yeah. Happy trees. Ooh. It's for inspiration. <laughs> Dr. Joe Arve is here as well. And interestingly enough, you two are both health fanatics, but Mudflap for you, it's been of the last few years that you've really gotten healthy and lost weight and gotten into the whole swing of the, the same stuff that Dr. Joe teaches. Yeah. Try to just take care of yourself because you know you're going to last longer than you think you are well and i have a suspicion dr joan i don't want to embarrass mudflap but i will um i think it's because he has um a very serious relationship with a girlfriend who's much younger very beautiful first of all he does not want to let her get away number two he wants to live a long time to you know make sure that he sticks around because she is a catch they go to church together she's pretty she's kind she's loving like i don't even know how he landed her first of all but number three no I'm <laughs> wow me well me, me me either actually no but she, keep coming she, back for more no, and more, more. And, and jokingly he told me once he goes well you know i'm putting her through nursing school so she can take care of me <laughs> <laughs> but hasn't she been an incentive for you because she is young and healthy yes and she is definitely one of those she is into uh the gym and fitness and you know the latest crazes and you know yeah. we should eat this and try this and oh i saw a, a healthy alternative rest recipe she's definitely into those recipes so she's inspired you yeah in that area yeah and I have to say, you guys just did some kind of a 24-day cleanse, cleanse or like a, and you got sugar out of your diet. I lost 12 pounds doing this this cleanse thing where no sugar, no white bread, no, you know, it's all this kind of stuff. That's not a cleanse. That's no, not how no Dr. Sodas. Joe eats. I mean, that's just no. like, that's your, that's your. Hey, whatever it takes to motivate you to be healthy, whatever purpose, whatever reasons you have, whatever, long as it, long, it looks like it's working. Yeah, and so whether it is it should be for your family, you know, and for those you love and that you care about, and you you do things for them, and whatever you know, I've I've heard stories of of an older lady whose husband unfortunately passed away, and she liked to dip snuff, and she just would not she could not give it up for twenty years. What really? And then her husband unfortunately died, and she wasn't ready to kind of settle down. She says, you know. I need to do something about this snuff because if I meet a nice man, he's not going to want to date me because I'm doing this. And so she decided just at that time, she quit cold turkey, never had any side effects. So the mind, as far as what motivates us to do what we do, whether it's positive or whether it's negative, it's like I tell my patients, whatever you believe, you're right. All right. With that said, can I want to share one good news story with you guys because the power of the mind, I think, is so extraordinary. We recently did a story about a young man who has um, a, a muscle disease that he can barely move, and he has a website called Laughing at My Nightmare, and he said that his mind is extraordinary even though his body doesn't work. And the, the way he keeps his attitude so positive was so inspiring to me and so many. And then I came across an update on this blind gymnast. She's almost blind, and she really is aiming for the Olympics. And you know what? I think she might make it. And think about the fears that you have to oh, overcome man. when you're going for a bar, and you have to time it out precisely and know where the bar is located yeah. to run and jump for That'd it. That would be hard enough knowing you could see it. And yes. Time it, much less not see it. And yes. Time it. That fear's got to be incredible. Yeah. So take a listen. She's a little girl still. Um, she's done right about right about middle school age, almost uh, almost middle school age, uh, and and that's her goal is the Olympics. And again, almost she, she's legally blind. She sees shadows. Gymnastics is more than just a sport for 11-year-old Adriana Kennebrew. You see a joy in her when she's doing this, and so it's like this is where she belongs. Her smile, even while doing the most difficult of events, it just feels like you're flying, is hard to miss. But so are her glasses. The reason behind why she wears them makes what she's able to do seem even more amazing. Do you like proving people wrong? <laughs> yeah. You see, Adriana has glaucoma. She was diagnosed at four months old. That was very scary. Considered legally blind at three, she one day took a surprising liking to gymnastics. Whenever I was, think, four, mm -hmm. um, I asked my mom for a balance beam. Even though she understood the fears that went along with that. I was a little scared on how that was going to turn out. Well, thousands of steps, missteps, and flips later, her second home is now the gym. Second homes, now the gym. And again, this is a lot of this is mental. And you talked, Dr. Joe, about the mental aspect of our health being as important as what we eat, you know, and what we and our exercise. So here's a little more of her journey towards the Olympics uh, without her sight. 
Do you surprise yourself at what you can do um, sometimes? I do surprise myself sometimes whenever I get new skills. Adriana has almost no peripheral vision. In fact, what she sees are shadows. It's kind of blurry whenever I jump to the high bar. It's hard to tell like if I'm going to grab it. In between competitions, Adriana gets treatment at Texas Children's Hospital. In October, she had a procedure done to relieve pressure caused by her glaucoma. And as crazy as it might sound, she was back competing a week later. I had my first meet after the surgery and my eyes were dilated and I was just like, uh, how is this going to turn out? All right, so it's turning out pretty well. They actually think that she may make the Olympics, and I know that you work with, you know, athletes that are high caliber like that, Dr. Joe, and you've worked with the blind judo team. So let's um, finish up the story, and then we'll talk about, you know, that mental aspect of being able to excel. And the 95-year-old, you guys, speaking of the mental aspect of excelling, Charles, I did a story on him this week, 95-year-old, just broke a record for the 200-meter indoor sprint, 95, and he's wow. a bodybuilder. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. The mind is so powerful if you can, you know, just kind of slowly work your way up at 95 to being fit and uh, his story just blows my mind so here's the rest of uh, Adriana's story. She's earned many awards including female athlete of the year for her region but what Adriana takes pride in is being considered just like everyone else. The judges don't judge me any different than the other girls. I'm competing on the same bar the same beam as everyone else and it's just a great feeling. Her eventual goal a lofty one. I want to be the first visually impaired gymnast to win the Olympics. A champion, just like her idol, Gabby Douglas. She didn't let anyone else tell her what she can and can't do. An attitude Adriana will always have. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen next. And not only do we tell other people what they can't do, we can tell ourselves what we can't do. So the 95-year-old guy, when he wanted to start bodybuilding at 87, his name is Charles. He just won this sprinting, uh, mm -hmm. uh, broke the sprinting record for the age 95. What is the sprint. record for that? Uh, it was like 50-some seconds, I believe, and he cut two seconds off of it. And when you see him run, if you Google him, record-breaking 95-year-old runner, he starts off a little slow, but he gets moving, and he does not look 95, and his muscles are mind-blowing, and he hired a former Mr. Olympia to train him. He wasn't messing around. Yeah. You know, I've, I've actually had the opportunity to work with those kind of athletes. I, I served in the past at the Masters Track Indoor Championships here, and in the indoor one is at the Air Force Academy uh, in February, and then the outdoor one is out up at Fort Collins, and I got to see these people in their 70s and 80s and 90s out there breaking world records and hurdling and Easy. still doing high jump and doing running long jump. And the thing is, is that they're serious. I mean, this is their ticket to the world because there's world championships for the master's division. And so these people in their 40s, 50s, some of them don't even start till they're 65 years old and now have time to train. And by the time they're 75, after 10 years of, of doing you know, uh, track and field, they're world champions, which means instead of driving across country, they're flying around the world performing uh, at their sport and having a great time with it. And it's really neat to watch that and and these kids do this. He's visually, like I said, he's got back from Hungary, spending 10 days with a visually impaired judo team where these guys and gals are just amazing at how they live and what they do. And it's just, you know, whatever your mind, you can conceive in your mind and believe. And again, you got to stop listening to what people tell you, who, what, how you need to be on TV, even your doctors. You know what you're capable of doing and you, know, and you need to know how to train your mind, train your body, and it will last you and, and really be strong for a very long time. Don't well, they have to worry about bones and stuff like that at a certain age? Or is that just another one of those kind of like one of those th healthy body, healthy mind? Because we forget, you know, whether it's the, the the different scientific research from Harvard, or, you know, our bodies are made to be strong for 120 years. That's the manual. That's what the manual says. Hmm. If you take care of this thing and you feed it physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, it will give you good health and good function for up to 120 years. Well, he says we're told that um, the 95-year-old. We're told that old age is a continuous state of decline, and that we should stop working, slow down, prepare to die. I disagree. And he said bodies can be re rebuilt at any age. Mm -hmm. Now, not to what they were at 20, but if you look at his muscles, he I certainly look doesn't look. Yeah, Charles certainly doesn't look 95. Well, we talked about it, I think, last week about uh, the people who were, did that walking program. 
Yes. You know, and how just after five months of consistently doing the kind of exercise we teach, Interval you know, walking. That, that at age 80 or age 70, they still had muscle gain. They still had increase. They still had health benefits. So again, you're never too old to move. You're never too old to eat your vegetables. You're never too old to do any of these things. But unfortunately, we live in this country where you don't have to. I mean, if I was in Peru somewhere and it was just me and my donkey or my llama walking three miles to town to get some food, guess what? I better stay physically fit. Yeah. You know, versus not having to be fit here and still I can have my basic needs met. Right. You, like you could just be here. You could just live in a chair and like text the grocery store to deliver something to you. And go out and get it. I you know, know. You ever watch that? I forget what the name of the, the, the cartoon was where they all had to leave the earth. And they all so they all got on this spaceship and had been living in, and they all got really f- overweight. Oh, and, that and was healthy. Uh, uh, and they actually had to come back to Earth. Yeah, and um, I don't think it was Wally. Was it Wally? Wally. Was Wally? It Wally? Wally. Okay, it was Wally. Wally. Yeah, Wally. And it's like, look, that there it is. So like, what are we gonna do? We haven't. They're all in these chairs. Like, we haven't moved, and you know, because oh it, it was just funny how like, oh, there, there's your sign right there. Well, but, you know, um, I think that so often. Um, we think that the number you always try to get on me about the number on the scale and i came across an article last week and i thought you and i had talked about how you can eat more and lose weight and a lot of people don't believe that you talk about adding good fats back into your diet a lot of people don't fall for that you talk about doing intervals for you know 12 to 17 minutes a day and how your workout can be that quick and effective and a lot of people don't buy into that and then i came across an article that said want to lose weight weigh yourself daily the new study says and i thought oh dr joe will not like that because he says it's not about the number on the scale it's about how you feel how much energy you have how strong you are how fit you feel it's not about a number right what's the article say then it says that if you want to lose weight weighing yourself daily is effective okay who's written who's the article written by jenny craig weight watchers <laughs> oh you know what i'm saying i mean you got to follow the money trail i mean do i get on the scale yes does it keep me accountable yes do i get to kind of watch what i'm doing as far as my lifestyle goes absolutely do i pay more attention to the body fat than what the weight is sure yeah but but again i have people who, who who will give their left arm just to make that scale go down 10 pounds and that's that. That just means you may be ten pounds lighter in your coffin. It doesn't give you, you know, yeah, keeping numbers on what you're doing so that if you pig out each day, you eat the wrong kind of food, you see the scale go up. That's accountability. Okay, I agree with that. But to, to, to base your whole psychology of that day, whether you're a good person or a bad person, you're a good right. mom or a bad mom, you know, whether God hates you is whether that, that, that dial on that scale went towards zero. You know, the, sometimes the most spiritual part of someone's day is if they step on that scale and they pray, please make it go down five pounds. But yeah, they don't know what they're doing every day to make that happen. And you're so laughing, now I feel you know, bad about that. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they, yeah. they pray more when it goes up and then they cuss more when it, go, when it goes down. They pray. They, we you know, don't cuss I've, on I've, the good news. Well, I've almost done that because yeah. my, my, my scale is one of those digital, like you tap it, you know, it yeah. goes to zero and you, then you yeah. step on it. And, and, and then sometimes I'll go, oh, well, if I step off of it again yeah. and come back on. And you lean to the left just right. To, yeah, oh, I've done that just a little no. bit. I think I, maybe there's something. Maybe I just stood on it wrong. Well, maybe, okay, I, I let me, saw. Let me tell you this if you want to lose two pounds fast go take a hot shower then get on it because you'll 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 somehow your body because I'm, I'm a wrestler so i can cheat a scale any way oh, i want to okay. so you always weigh, weigh probably a pound or two less if you take it the, the, the check your weight after you take a hot shower okay well i have two, two incidents i saw with young women and this disturbs me because i know eating disorders are like you know a couple of comments away for some teenage girls just you know one girl recently we did a story about her, one of her 14 year old friends that she looked like she had a big rear end in her volleyball shorts and five months later she'd lost so much weight she had some heart issue and died of a heart attack because she'd lost so much weight so quickly and then i was um at this raw food spa where i go and it's like raw it's called um the optimum health institute and i I go to this in San Diego. I haven't for a long time, but when I lived in California, I go like once a year. And I saw a teenage girl on the scale. It was a medical scale, and I was the only one in the room. And she didn't know I was in there. She got on it at least five times. And I finally burst out laughing. And she's like, "Why are you laughing?" I'm like, "Because you've gotten on the same medical scale five times. I can tell you're trying to wiggle it to get it go down. And I, you know, it's something that I would probably do myself. You know, and it made me laugh because it was so ridiculous. Get it a and pound then, down, but it's one, not. But it's not going to change like five, ten pounds. Maybe a quarter of a pound. You know. But, but you yeah. know that's. 
how crazy that it gets mentally. So I was at a swim meet this weekend, and there were some tween girls in the locker room, and there was one tall tween girl who was very strong, not an ounce of fat on her body, and she was next to these little teeny tween girls, and they were all weighing. And I could tell the taller one was like, oh, yeah, you only weigh like 70-some pounds or whatever, and like, oh, my God. And I could tell by her demeanor that she felt she was big, and I so almost stopped and said, I just want you to know you're so healthy and you're so fit and the number on the scale doesn't matter because you're an athlete. You look amazing. But I could tell that because she was so much taller and so much more muscular that she might weigh as much as twice as much as her little friends. Mm -hmm. And I knew I could tell by her demeanor, she felt that meant that she wasn't as fit or wasn't as healthy or that she was too heavy. Yeah. It's, it's just really amazing how our thoughts control our lives. And what we think, whatever you think, you're right. So change your thinking, change your life. Yeah, that's, it's that Well, that's thing. what I would love to know. What is the best way to m- change your uh, thinking? All right, well, let's talk about that next, shall we? What's shall. the way, best way to change Mudflap's thinking? Steve Mudflap <laughs> McGrew's thinking. And, you know, ours as well. We'll be right back with good Excellent. news. Hear about our victory in Jesus Christ. You are listening to 810 AM KLVZ. God's love lives. Easter has become almost, well, it's a springtime Christmas. You wake up, stumble blurry-eyed down the stairs to gather your bounty that's been delivered by some mythological creature. Along with all the new goodies, you get new church clothes and have a big meal with loved ones. Well, there's thousands of homeless in the metro Denver area that don't have those luxuries. But with a gracious gift of $1.92 from you, the Denver Rescue Mission will provide them with a hearty meal for one of those homeless individuals. Put one less chocolate egg in that basket and put some great food in a hungry belly and love in a thankful heart. That $1.92 is going to go a long way to help the people that don't have anywhere else to go and call the Denver Rescue Mission home. Along with that wonderful Easter meal, the mission's Easter celebration includes the homeless having the opportunity to have their feet washed, just as Christ washed the feet of the disciples. As we remember the great sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us, perhaps we can join together and sacrifice financially to help out those around us who needed the most. For more ways you can help and to donate your $1.92 or more, all the details can be found at denverrescuemission.org. Well, if you want to attain your dreams and you want to reach your goals, Carrie Conley is the woman to do it. And we just had a great seminar. Boy, that was fun. And we learned so much. We It was a life changer, was it not? It changed my life last year and once again this year. Very inspirational. It's such a reward for me, Angie, when I see people, not only when I work with them one-on-one or in my small mastermind groups, but when you've got 200 people in a room and you can see them, I can see all their faces when I say something or somebody else says something where you can just know that that hit them to the core. And they made a huge shift in their life. And that's what it's all about. Well, you've really guided me in my career, achieving some of the goals that, you know, I had in mind over the last year. You helped me write it all down. If people want to work with you in the future, how do they get in touch with you and how do they work with you on achieving their goals, Right. So the best way to reach me is just through my website, infinitenation.com. And what I do is run mastermind groups that I bring people into for the year and help them achieve their goals, build their business infinitenation.com. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. I don't know about you, but I love to shop and I love a good deal. And my husband likes it when I get a good deal. You have to know about ARC Thrift Stores. On Saturdays, most items are half off. My friend Frances Owens, who's the former first lady you may know, also works for ARC and she and I kind of have a running competition. Yes, we do. Now, what are some of the good deals you've gotten recently? Well, I just got a Dooney and Burke briefcase for $25. They run around three to $400. Perfect condition. I saw an Armani bag in there recently. I didn't get that one, but that was an incredible deal. I did get the coach bag, brand new with the tag still on it. It was worth about $200. And I paid, uh, I think it was $20. Well, I just have to say thank you to the people that are donating these things. Oh my gosh. There are so many amazing pieces you can find. They've got 22 locations and your website is if they want to find a location. www.arcthrift.org. And all the money helps people with disabilities. So you spend money and it goes to a great cause. Yay! Ladies, this is Rick Thielen from Life Choices. Do I have an exciting announcement for you? It is the Mad Hatter's Ladies' Lunch, March 21st. You don't want to miss this. It's at North Glen Christian Church from 1030 to 1 o'clock. 
Chris Howard is our keynote speaker, and she is excited about coming and helping Life Choices raise funds for the things that we do. We help ladies with unplanned pregnancies. We help ladies that are recovering from past abortions, and we go into public schools with our education program. This is a great, great program. It's going to be a fun afternoon, a fun lunch. How do you get tickets for it? Glad you asked. Go to lifematters.org. That is lifematters.org and get your tickets right there. They're $25 a person and it'll go to a great cause. Come to Life Choices Mad Hatter's Ladies Lunch. The Life Choices Mad Hatter's Ladies Lunch is March 21st. Wear your craziest hat and enjoy a delightful lunch featuring keynote speaker Chris Howard from Duck Dynasty. It's a great event for an even better cause. Go to lifematters.org for tickets and details. The word and music that expresses his love for us. The new 810, Love Lives, KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. We have Steve Mudflap McGrew, formerly of KYGO, award-winning radio host and comedian, and Dr. Joe Arve, who has a passion for helping us get healthy, have more energy. And Steve was just asking you, um, how do we change our mindset when it comes to food? Is that what you're talking about, Steve? Is that your uh, well, question? Well, Come. just in general, like you were saying, the po- right. the positive. Think like you were talking about the older guy that just said, "Don't let your brain." How do people that are already they've already found that slump? Right. How do they come out of that? You know that would be the you know, and that's that's a great question. It, it's it's there's principles and there's how do you get in shape? You know the key to a fit body is exercise, daily exercise on a consistent. You have a program, you follow it. You know whether it's a P90X or whether it's going to the gym, you have a personal trainer, and that personal trainer's job is to train your muscles to do something to to get improved. The same thing if you follow a meal plan or a diet plan. If you follow it one day, that's great, but literally you're supposed to change your lifestyle, the way you're eating, so that you can have the benefits. Well, the mind is just like a muscle. So you have to break down the different areas of your life. And, and the key thing is, is vision. What do you want? Take a day, take a week, take a year and figure out what is it you want. And then can you actually see that? So if it's your health, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to be in shape. I want to get out of debt. Whatever it is you want, you have to be able to see it. But then here's all the research, whether it's Dr. Oz or if it's Oprah or if it's, you know, the, all these different people, you have to have a big enough, you have to have a reason bigger than you. So a lot of what I do is because I think God has put me on this earth to help people get healthy. So I'm doing everything to work for God, you know, to help my grandkids, to, to be there for my grandkids because I never had a grandfather. So my big why is not just to make the scale go to zero. So the vision of, get, uh, of, of, of what I do, what I do, is you have to have a reason to change your life, change your thinking bigger than yourself. To be there for your grandkids, to be there for the future, to, to whatever it is, if you're single, to, to be married someday. But then you got to back it down then. What do I need to do today to make that happen? So I need to exercise. I need to eat right. But then what do I need to think that day about myself? And then so we call it like positive affirmations. You've heard of affirmations. Yeah, right. So whether you read the Bible and read uh, uh, Proverbs or read scriptures that tell you who you are and you're good, or you listen to TV and it tells you that you're fat, you're overweight until you buy this product. It all depends. It's, it's garbage in, garbage out, or good in, good out. It's, it's like your brain's a muscle. And if you have a scale right now, you can write down probably 20 things you don't like about yourself, but write down 20 things you do like about yourself. And then you tr- change these statements, you change these sentences, you literally go out and buy three by five cards and you write down, I will get out of debt. And you, and you don't try to figure out how. The you key just is say, I will. You, you say, I will. You, and each statement has to be a positive statement. So I will be in amazing shape. I will get out of debt. I will be an amazing mom. I will be, you know, and, and the more specific, as you get good at it, then you get really specific. But in the beginning, it's like, well, I hope I don't get hit by a bus today. That's not what we're talking about. You know, I am healthy. I am strong. I am vibrant. I'm an amazing person. I have lots of friends. I'm in a good mood. You start using these I statements. And in the, in the first week, first month, you may keep going to yourself. Yeah, whatever. You're, you're absolutely. But when you start stating these things in I statements, your subconscious is listening. Because when you say, well, I'm just fat. Well, I'm just no good. Well, okay. I'm just, you know, we worry ourselves. And your subconscious listens to that and says, well, that's must." must be what they want because whatever they think the subconscious begins to take over and this is all what cognitive psychology is all about but if you change that that self-talk 
to positive, then the subconscious says, okay, I guess we're going to get healthy. I guess we're going to lose weight. I guess we're going to be a better person. I guess we're going to start getting control of our spending habits. And therefore, as, he's, as you begin to tell yourself who you really are and you reinforce it every day, just like a workout, just like a diet, and you re reinforce that. And when someone tries to speak against you, like tell you who you're not, who you are, you're like, no, no, this is who I am. And then you become stronger. Within 90 days, you can be a completely different person. Because what you, you think feed today— your brain like this all the time. One of my friends who's a biblical counselor, she takes the Bible promises, and she actually reads them to herself with her own name, that these are promises to her, specifically to you. And you, in your car, listen to positive things. Like, you are always feeding your mind positive information. I, I have to, because I literally, as, as a chiropractor, come on, and as a doctor who's trying to help people change their life, I get my— I get my my butt kicked and handed to me almost every day. Somebody I speak either writes a negative article or speaks negative or doesn't believe, you know, and I want everybody to believe me as far as getting, getting uh, rejected. I get rejected so many times a day by, you know, but it, hey, the truth is truth. And so you have to build up your muscles because what you're thinking, whatever's going on in your life today is what you've been thinking or you were thinking 90 days ago. That the science shows that if, if you start changing your thinking about yourself and just play a game, just prove us wrong for the next 90 days, I will say good things about myself and not negative things. I promise you that, you know, in April or May, your life will be completely different than it is. But it's, it's, it's up to you. It's very, remember that guy from Saturday Night Live? Was it Smite? I'm good enough. I'm, I'm good enough yeah, and darn it. That's, it's, so I it's, know. All, it's almost telling it, you that you, really is the truth. Well, telling some, yourself those. Someone's going to, either you're going to create the life you want or somebody's going to create it for you. And trust me, it doesn't just happen by chance. So either your negative thoughts and your negative thinking will give you absolutely what you don't want, or your positive thoughts and what you choose to think about a situation, whether it's a person, you know, even to the point, you know, my wife and I are funny. It's like, that guy just cut me off. Well, maybe I know. And I, and I have to stop and I have to think, well, maybe he's on his way to the hospital because somebody's in hurt. I have to choose to not think the best. Yeah. It's not about you. You have to die to self. And, and it's a process. It's not easy, well, and why, but you have a choice. Why do we not um, think we have the right to label ourselves? When I've had several friends come through here, um, Beatrice Bruno has talked repeatedly about she's asked. African-American. She had a little African-American friend. She was six years old. The grandmother opened the door and she was a lighter skinned black woman. And she told Beatrice's little friend, I don't want you playing with her. She's too dark to be played with. And Beatrice felt she was unattractive until she was in her thirties, that she was too black. She has stated that several times Just in the that show. One thing. And Robbie, my girlfriend who was not overweight in third grade, the boy she liked gave her a little picture of it said, Robbie, you will find a boyfriend when you lose weight. And she was not overweight, but she believed it. And they, she believed it for most of her life. So why do we let other people label us? Exactly. We don't we don't we, let ourselves say these wonderful things. Dr. Joe, how do yeah. people find you? They can find me at spinegeek.com, spinegeek.com. Take the free LRQ and we'll begin to unlock your health and make your life better. Yeah, it's a free uh, health survey on his website. And Steve McGrew, just Google me. Google Steve McGrew. Google him and we're not responsible for what you find. Oh. You're listening to The Good News. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.